0: I'm Marshall, and you're about to listen to The Real Deal Podcast, and I'm incredibly excited to have Yosh Rao here from Team Dynasty. They've won two events so far this year and over 54 tournaments in their careers, and uh, he's one of the best gunfighters in the business. Can't wait to pick his brain about, uh, you know, the fundamental nature of the gunfight itself and, uh, and why it's so fun. It's, you know, the building block of the entire sport, so there's nothing more important, and we have... One of the best guys ever to talk to about that specific thing. Also, make sure to check out the rest of paintballaccess.com, and we have in-depth interviews and statistics, and uh, you know, so many fascinating things that go on behind the sport and uh, you know there's there's just so much information that you can get from these teams and once you know about you know what's going on with these guys and this the, the crazy struggle that these you know these players on all levels have to do in order to, to play this game oh man it's 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 fascinating it really is so also make sure to get your team into the fight man it's uh, been a crazy season so far and all the events have been selling out and we definitely expect them to continue to sell out. Uh, so June 21st through 23rd, also market calendars for the webcast brought to you by Paypal Access. And then also, uh, you know, make sure you, you, know, you sign up early for these events. And the next PSP event, the fourth event, returns to the West Coast, Riverside a little east of Los Angeles, and that's going to be the 16th through the 18th of August. So I can't wait for that event as well. This podcast brought to you by ANS Gear. Dot .com, and you want anything you possibly can imagine in the paintball I mean, you should see their warehouse. It's ridiculous. It's like, talk about kid and candy store type stuff. Completely ridiculous. Uh, very professional over there. You're able to get out there. You know, free shipping on orders over $100, and they have every possible thing you could you need know, on the tactical side of things and on the tournament side. So definitely check out ansgear.com. Real deal Podcast, Yoshi Rao And we were just talking off camera about clinics and drills. And we yeah. were talking about how it's just... There's so many guys out there that are doing the drills wrong or not doing drills. Yeah,
1: you know, I I think uh, the big... And the reason we started talking about this is because Ryan and I just did a clinic in Denver at Blitz Paintball, which is an awesome facility. Mm -hmm. And the owner, Isaac, is great. Um, All the guys there were awesome. I mean, those guys are like... uh, You got to go check this place out. But those guys are super lucky to have a facility like that to play at. It's all that super nice turf with like the little black rubber pellets in it, like the, the ground up tires. Or yeah, whatever. exactly. They like just the, like glide the real, on it and like it the not real athletic it, turf. Yes. You know? Not the shit that you put on your patio. Yeah. Out back, but like the real athletic turf, you know, and it's a full field of that. Great nets, great staging area. Um, and those guys are all really appreciative of the field owner. It's a great place. But we did a clinic out there and, you know, we, we were, we started breaking down these, these individual drills and, Honestly, Oliver is the one that first showed me that, like, this is a great place to start at a clinic. Um, But basically, the drill was running and shooting off the break, right? It's like something that, at times, all five guys in your breakout are doing that, you know? Everyone's running and shooting to their spot. That happens a lot. It's one of the first things we say. It's like, and Dynasty starts the next point, and it looks like, oh, four guns up off the break. Right, exactly. So that's, you know, it's an important thing. It also, you know, if you start... Pairing that type of conversation with like the results of the game, you usually see that like the guys that are the most gunned up off the break are usually are usually doing well. They're playing with like a confidence, you know, and mm-hmm. it's, and it's working for them. Yeah. Because when you start getting shot off the break, you stop gunning up and you just run. It it takes some
0: confidence yeah. to, to put a lot of guns up, like right. five guns up off the break. Everybody running out shooting. Right. At and so
1: I was doing this clinic with Oliver, and that's where we started because we didn't have very much time. And Oliver was like, you know, let's just. Let's just, try, let's just try this, you know, let's just build up to something here. So we did like shooting off the brake. Basically, you turn around the flag station, and you shoot a target. Yeah. And it was amazing how difficult it was for a lot of the clinic participants, you know. Mm-hmm. And so we generally progressed to um, like running to a close spot and shooting off the brake and then running to a far spot like a corner or whatever and shooting off the brake and you know guys got better at it quick but it was just amazing to me to see like how difficult it was for some people you know and so now when I do clinics I I always feel like that's a great place to start you know because it kind of it's almost for some reason it qualifies as that like more advanced individual drill Mm -hmm. even though it seems like a simple thing it's something you do all the time it just seems like I don't know people are out of practice or people can't see where their paint goes all the time you know they need someone there to be like High right. Uh, yeah, honestly, you shot like the first twenty balls into the turf before the t- the target. You know, and some people catch on to that, and I'm like, whoa, didn't know that. Thank you. Yeah. You know, so we did this endeavor, and you know, there's some people who, um, who like kind of get it, and there's some people that are struggling, and there's some people that are struggling, and it's purely a mechanical thing. You know, it's like the guns not set up the right way. Yeah, right. and it sounds so simple, um, and it's such a small difference, but like. I ended up having to tell probably 10 or 15 guys, like, hey, I think you could use a little bit longer gun. I think it'll help your accuracy, you know? And a couple of guys have the resources or the ability to like change it right there on the fly, you know, like run over to their gear bag, unscrew their thing, slide it back, and then try it out. And like, every time I do a clinic, I get this response that's like, oh my God, that really, that really, really helped me. You know, my, my favorite thing is like a big guy that has like a, this tiny little short gun. That I wouldn't, like, the guy's like six inches to a foot taller than me, and he's using a gun that's like super fucking short for me. Yeah. And I'm like, dude, this is the thing you got to change. I don't know what level you think you're at right now, but it is funny to me that I get to now tell you that, like, buying a $10 paintball part, if it's an extender for your tank or whatever, or sliding your rail back so that you have a longer gun... Is really going to improve your game by leaps and bounds. You know that's like that's miracle shit. Like if someone yeah, could totally. if someone could sell you some sort of <laughs> golf equipment and be like, so okay, shame. if you buy this, I promise you, you'll shave ten strokes. off your game or three strokes off your game, even. Yeah. And everybody would buy that if they knew that it worked. You know, and and like I have to tell people at the clinic, this works. Change this. So what and you're you saying. You will you don't, need a, you don't need a giant kick-ass paintball product Rhino drop forward anymore.
0: No, you're right. Okay? And, and the thing is, is, all I'm saying is that like, yeah, absolutely. And where can people get in touch with you for your clinics? <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, for people that, don't have, that it, do have that part figured true. out already, yeah. people that do have a long enough gun, there's a lot of other stuff also that I can that I can reveal. But... Yeah. That's such a... That's such a basic one, you Go know? Go to
0: Dynasty's Facebook, tell Yoshi one, come to your field immediately <laughs> and tell you to push your gun out an inch. I mean... 15% more kills. That's S- gold. For real. It's gold right there. Absolutely. I promise you. And ask... That one was for free. Ask any paintball guy. He'll tell you something. That one was for free. The rest are going to have to pay for a little bit. <laughs> it's worth it. But yeah, no, but it's, it, it is interesting because it's like with the... But seriously, it's like, man, look... You've been doing this for a long time. Obviously, you guys are at the top of the game. But, you know, guys that are stuck in Texas or if you're in Texas, go watch San Antonio X-Factor play. You know, or if you eat But Texas is a big state. You but know? Texas is a big state. So, I mean, it's Or if not you're like, in Arkansas or yeah. you're in Alabama. I mean, there's not a lot of places where you get to just go every weekend and play against the best guys in the world and do right. that for five years until you get your shot. You that know, opportunity like, is rare, you know. Yeah, so it's like there, you, you, and you know, it's like everyone always says like, yeah, go play guys that are better than you. It's like, well,
1: yeah, you can do that, and that's I, I, would highly encourage that. But all the other times, honestly, all the other times that you're not playing a team that's better than you, so if you're playing a team that's not as good as you, uh, I mean, you have to, you have to start divvying that time up between just doing drills by yourself. And yeah. And trying to help them out. What know? percentage of Because you're like, not really getting that much help. If oh. you're playing against a team that you're far better than, yeah. and you just keep playing against them, you keep playing against them. Okay, well, let's
0: say, what advice would you give to somebody that's out there who, regardless of where they're
1: at, like, they they don't have the ability to go to a field where there's right. a so there. you live in an area, you love paintball, you want to excel your game, whether you're at the rookie level, you play pump, You're at division three, division one, whatever it is, Mm -hmm. and there just doesn't seem to be that like next step, whether it's pro or division two or whatever it's gonna be, Mm -hmm. you should drill. There's a lot of individual work that you can do that you can get a lot better every time you do it. And if you have another buddy or two or a a five man team of guys that all wanna excel but don't Mm -hmm. really know where to go from here, those guys should be drilling. What percentage of
0: time would you say in a weekend? Let's say you got a two day practice, yeah, and you're a team who maybe you're a Division three team, or or wherever it doesn't matter, but you're in a position where your options are drill against yourselves because you're the best team in the area, or play a low ranked team, and you know that you're probably
1: well. I mean, like it a good game. Well, that that's easy. That's easy. I mean, if you're playing against a lower ranked team. And that's your only option. And, um, you know, I mean, I, I I think you should probably drill two-thirds of the time and get, you know, a match in with them, partially to help them out, but also to kind of practice the things that you do. Mm-hmm. But I would certainly drill first so that you get that reinforcement of, like, okay, we just drilled on this stuff. Now let's go play some scrimmages and, and work it out, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but... I mean, I think all teams at all levels should be drilling much more than you're scrimmaging. Are you guys and, still and drilling I, and a I lot? I don't feel... Absolutely. Kind of, yeah. And I, I don't even want to give this away, even though it should be obvious, but we are drilling now more than we are scrimmaging. And we are having... Sometimes we're having full weekends of drilling, like legitimate just dynasty-on-dynasty dynasty drilling for the entire weekend. And it's not like you show up and it's like, drill day, don't have to get here till 10, get to leave at 2, you know? It's like a long, intense, tedious day of grinding, bruising drills, mm-hmm. you know? And I think that's really helped us. And I think that that's something that Rusty brought to the team when he started coaching us. And I think... Well, you guys weren't doing that before? Only, no, we weren't. I mean... I would love to be able to tell people that, yeah, that's what we do all the time. <laughs> during the off-season also. We usually bump it up during the off-season because we want to, you know, stay fresh. <laughs> but, no, that's not what we were doing. Yeah. You know? Like, we were looking out there, looking to get a game. Looking to, you know, when, you, when you're when you playing against other teams, you look at all those opportunities as like an opportunity to prove yourself, you know? You yeah. Fucking beat this other team that you're going to play against in the tournament. Yeah, yeah. You know, get the upper hand. Yeah. But, I mean... It, in my opinion that's unprofessional that is not the way that you should look at it only the games in the tournament matter you know if you lose in a tournament maybe you go home early morning on sunday or something like that and you say to yourself what I don't understand we are just we practice against that team all weekend and we beat the shit out of them you know
0: so are you specifically talking about the Ironman right now no or? I'm not
1: I'm talking about the mentality that some teams have whether you're pro or no I know I'm only bringing that up
0: kind of because you know the story coming out of
1: well no here's the difference here's the difference I'm hoping that for their sake that the Ironmen aren't thinking well I don't understand we beat the shit out of them in practice they're thinking okay I'm hoping they're thinking well I, maybe I'm not because I don't want them to have the edge but what they should be thinking is, okay, we beat them in practice a lot. What changed? You know, I mean, they should really be analyzing that. Yeah. Now, what changed? Like, what happened from that moment that we were honestly beating the shit out of them, which they were. I mean, they were well, fucking annihilated. Well, I was gonna was say like, the story. It comes, was like twenty to five or something by the end of the day. Yeah, like no, were, I, I had people lunch, that were know?
0: just watching that day yeah. come up and be like. Hey, uh, did you hear what happened this weekend? And I was like, uh, like, was there a new hurricane? Like, what happened? Yeah, like, did
1: you hear what happened? Yeah,
0: no, that's, but that's the
1: problem, you know, like, yeah. you probably know that that's a problem. It's probably like, whoa, really? But then you're also like, who just told me this? If it was an Ironman guy, then there's something wrong. No, like, no, no, it, honestly, wasn't, even, it yeah. wasn't even coming from the Ironman. And I don't think it would be, but that's, that's the thing, you know, like. It was like the
0: divisional dudes watching. Yeah. And then, so they, but, but so they came back to me and they were like, hey, uh, the Ironman beat the shit out of Dynasty. Yeah, and the Ironman great. are looking good. That's what they said, but hold yeah. on. But what I said to them, uh, I was like, well, and I actually, cause I, Marcelo, I, I talked to him like a couple days before the event and he was like, he didn't, he didn't say shit. He was, he wasn't like, oh, we fucking asked down to Dynasty this weekend. It was great. We beat the shit out of him. He was just like, I was like, ah, oh, I hear you guys had a good weekend against Dynasty. And he's like, Yeah. You
1: know, it's not the tournament, but it was good. Yeah, exactly. You know, that's I've I've heard that same thing before. Yeah, hey, I heard I heard you guys really kicked the shit out of excessive this weekend. It's like, well, yeah. I mean, that did happen, but it was practice. We weren't shooting the same paint. You know, yeah, like, no refs, no. Different yeah, they they were figuring things out. Yeah, that happened at practice. you know? Yeah, but you never. I mean, you just can't think that going into a tournament. You know.
0: Yeah. Well, and then I also said I was like. Well, what, that, the specific thing was, I was like, yeah, but personally, I've been on teams where we came out the, literally the weekend before we went to the tournament and got our asses kicked. And that was when we did the best. And then we went to the tournament and beat the shit out of
1: everybody, Yeah. You know, which it's, is exactly what you guys did. Yeah. I mean, I think for good teams, that's probably the case. You know, for all those teams that are like in the top ranked in the top five right now, I bet if you asked them, like, what type of practice would you rather have? the weekend before a tournament. A practice where you win 20 to five, or a practice where you lose five to 20, you know? Yeah. And I mean, I think you get the same answer from every single guy, you know? So, yeah, I, I don't think that that's what happened to the Ironmen. Um What do you think they need? I mean, it, to
0: me, it's like such a talented roster.
1: Well, yeah, and... I was just kind of getting into that, you know? Uh-huh. Like, I think that they just, it is a talented roster, and they've certainly got like five guys a five-man, a full five-man team that I would consider to be, like, superstar players. Absolutely. Um, But I think that what they kind of lack right now is um, more of, like, a veteran presence, you know? Even though, like, I consider Steven Pitts to be a veteran. Pax is definitely a veteran, you know? And Marcelo's been around for a long time. Same with Mouse. And, and, And Mouse, but what you get out of guys who have always kind of been able to be the guy that's just the superstar talent and hasn't had to be the veteran yet, you know, like that'll come, like the first time you become the veteran, Mm -hmm. that's when you are now the veteran from that point on, you know, and, uh, and I'm not sure if Mouse has got there yet because he was, maybe you could say because he was always like the more or one of the more talented guys on the team, so you don't equate that you always want to say the new talent, you know, Alex Goldman. Mm-hmm. And you don't want to say, like, the wily veteran Alex Goldman, even though that's my, that might be what he is at that moment, you know? Well, we're definitely getting to the point with both those guys. Yeah, so it, it, I I, I feel it, that that's what they're lacking, you know? They yeah. just haven't had all the guys that they need to, like, make that jump, you know? Because you got to have some of that. I mean, you can't just have... It, it's, not, it's not dimensions, it's just, like, that extra little tiny bit of leadership or whatever it's going to be you know what is that thing i think that that's such an interesting conversation because you
0: know it's like you're sitting here talking about and i and i agree with you because it's
1: it's it's different yeah i mean it's hard to explain it's not talent certainly not talent you know yeah um and it's not um intensity because, I mean, it just talking talk about, yeah, they have that, absolutely, you know. It's not work ethic. Right. The It's, work ethic it's is just, amazing. Um, I don't know, it's like this intangible, and I think, I think, like, Mike Paxson is probably the guy that they're going to have to lean on for this, you know, until the other guys come around, which could be next tournament, or could be in a year, You know, you know maybe that's, it's just, it's undefinable for a reason.
0: You know, it's like why is why are you guys? Because remember, you had asked me earlier, like you know, hey, I'm not watching these games, even though I'm pretty sure you've probably seen a lot of your games on demand. You know, yeah, and I have. Definitely should be watching them just to see if you can like right. watch tape. You know, absolutely. But uh, but I've watched every point that you guys played, and I think that you know we were talking about how our Chaos best team in Europe right now. Um, well, I guess the Tauntauns would probably be the best team in Europe because they won the last millennium, but. You know. mm-hmm. But our chaos is ridiculous, and uh, and it was about how it didn't matter who got shot out, and I think that that one sentence could literally describe the reason why you guys are doing well and winning games. Now, you know, even because you, you're winning the close ones, you're winning those close points, and a lot of it comes down to it doesn't matter who gets shot out because, and that could just be the, the description because it's like. You know, I could go down the list and even including, you know, guys like Blake who haven't spent a lot of guys a lot of time on the team, like Blake's had some good points. And Yeah, Blake's had some great points. Yeah, he's had some great points. So it's like, you know, I mean, literally, you are getting contribution. If you if a team is getting solid contributions out of eight, nine guys, that's really scary. And that's what we're seeing at a dynasty. That, that's year.
1: a big thing, you know, and when we were leaving the last tournament. Rusty was just, like, so proud. Okay, first of all, all of our flights were booked to go out of MAO on Sunday night. No chance of making that when we played in the finals and won the tournament. It wasn't that we didn't plan on being there. It was just, like, a traveling logistic, you know? Like, it was either try to get everybody out Sunday night or, like, the next time you could get out was, like, Monday at, like, 5 p.m. or something like that, Mm -hmm. Yeah, So... We win, and Glenn and Rusty and Blake have to rush off to the airport because they have slightly later flights and they might be able to make them. And so I'm sitting around at the field after the PSP, and things are clearing out. Like the Boneyard is completely open now. There's forklifts and gators and trucks, like driving around. The behind the scenes breakdown is starting to commence. And like Rusty and Blake come strolling back from the depths of the parking lot and are like, We decided to stay. You know, why not? And as we were driving out of there with Rusty, he was just like, he was beaming, you know, and he should have been, but he was just like so proud of the fact that we were able to play like our 10 guys all the way through the tournament, you know. We ran two squads. We didn't get frustrated and mix the squad or try to come up with like a third super squad that we could always lean on, you know. Mm -hmm. It wasn't about that. And we played both of the squads, all of the guys solid throughout the tournament, and we won, you know. And that says a lot about the level of play, not just yeah, really where, where you would handpick like the top five guys or whatever, but throughout the entire roster, you know?
0: No, it really does. And and, and that was, you know, you, you have a very unique situation where, you know, the, the ones, the, the first to attack, they set the tempo for the rest of the team. Now, the tempo can be reset by the next line, by the twos and threes, if they step up to that level. But they can only do it for so long because if you don't have your first attackers like being consistent and have enough depth there that if somebody's not at least getting it done on a hyperly consistent basis that you can put somebody else out there and see if they're going to, but just having the varied attacks. And that's what we're seeing out of your team. You know, the, the the your first attackers and you have like four good ones now, you know? And then now with Brandon coming back I know Brandon plays more of a support role now, and I like Brandon in a
1: support role. Honestly, I thought I like him great, too. Be short, bit. yeah. He was so good in the snake. I think he still is really good in the snake. And I thought that first. But when your he nemesis now on your team. Yeah, and yeah. then now I'm like, well, I actually really like Brandon as a support player. You know, I think he, I think he does great in those well, spots. Yeah, I mean, especially because of his ability to just to transition to the next attack when he needs to. I,
0: I'm just. As a Brandon Short fan, I've been a Brandon Short fan since he first started playing. Um, I'm really looking forward to him finally. I, I still don't think that we've seen in the past almost a year and a half now what Brandon has in the tank because he didn't, uh, you know, he missed the first event last year, was playing a different position, um, so he didn't have the year that we've seen Brandon have in the past and now there's, you know, there's the webcast and there's the stats, so... Everything's being like it's under a big microscope, yeah. But up until this point, like Brandon Short is he's arguably the one of the best, if not the best snake player of the past eight years, definitely in the top three or five, you know. I, I get the list. top
1: three or five, I gotta give credit to some of the great snake players of from course, Dynasty, you know. But yeah, like yeah, I yeah. said before, well, no, I but I, for a couple years, dude, a couple years, Brandon was him, unstoppable. I, you know? I considered him my my nemesis because he was always a guy that I was like, fucking gunfighting with Brandon Short again. Yeah. No, but, you know. But, but even in the years... We the, other, best... the other guys that I wouldn't want to do that with were on my team. But even in the... Yeah, no, that's true. <laughs> but
0: even... Yeah. But even those years that, like, you guys were, like, before when the NXL mm-hmm. happened... Absolutely. When the... When he was in the NXL, but instead of battling the nice, he was battling the Russians or yeah. battling, He just He gets a ton of credit for how well the Ironman did
1: during uh-huh. those years. Absolutely.
0: But... But that being said, he didn't have a great year last year with the Ironman because it, he was playing. I mean, uh, it, it wasn't necessarily all his fault. You know I mean? Again, it's like Archie. Like Archie played great last year, but the problem is Archie was constantly playing off his heels because, well, not constantly, but more often than not, because Billy didn't have a great season until the last event, which he played amazing in the mm-hmm. World Cup. And they took third and that, a lot of that was Billy's credit. I mean, the whole team plays great, but you know what I'm saying? Like, Billy started really contributing towards the end of the year. Because it took him some time to find his form. And Michael also played pretty solid, you know, but he wasn't, like, super dominating. So you had Billy who was struggling in the beginning and then picked it up. And then Michael was playing pretty decent, but middle of the pack. And then so Archie's taking the rest of that weight on as that two on the snake side. And so it, it's just one of those situations where it's like that sometimes that's just... And I think Brandon kind of had that a little bit, too, because Spica, mm-hmm. though, playing amazed Kyle Spica. talking about success stories this year, man, he's really playing great for you guys. But last year, he was still trying to... It's like same with Greg Sewers before. He yeah, I mean, like, like yeah, Greg great Sewers,
1: perfect example. Like, last year, flashes of brilliance, though, you know? Like, I've always Absolutely. seen that out of Greg Sewers, you know? Yeah. And I saw that out of Kyle last year. Mm-hmm. I mean, Kyle has this... And I don't know if other people see it, because it hasn't been named, like, the Spica Trot or anything, but Kyle has this, like, trot that he does after he goes and, like, bunkers the last guy or shoots the last (laughs) couple people. I don't know if you've seen it. He totally has a good trot. And it's got, like, like, his (laughs) his gun arm is straight, and it's kind of just, like, holding his gun at his side, and his arm is, like, slowly swinging, but out of rhythm of, like, his legs as he's running around, usually in a circle, usually leaned, like he's, like a kid running through the park with his arms out, you know? And, uh, you know, when I see that out of him, I'm like, okay, that's like his winning, that's his winning trot, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, when he's doing that, I know he's playing with confidence. And he's had that all year, you know? And it's funny, because, like, I don't tell anyone that. That's, like, kind of weird, a weird thing to, like, pick up. But, like, every time I see him do that, whether it's in practice or a tournament, I'm like, oh, yeah, Kyle's feeling good. Yeah. But it's interesting that you bring that up, because... (laughs)
0: Dude, body language tells so much. Yeah, like it, it. That's the one thing about watching like all the games now is that like you watch all the games and you really start to see that it. No one needs to talk out there. Like you can see how they walk on for their point, how they set up for the point, how they play the point, how they are when they are in their bunkers, what they what move they want to make, where they're looking, like what the game plan is. Absolutely. Uh, their confidence within the bunker itself, and they're and they're in and locked into a gunfight or back on their heels. Like, the way when they get shot. Yeah,
1: after each game. after like whether each, they got after shot game, or they shot they, people. Like, like dude,
0: the entire, actually, it all comes through in the body language. Like, you, no one needs to say shit. Like, I firmly believe that. You know, it's like, so it, that's why, like, this year you guys have had, you know, one of those. It's just one of the, you just, you see this. It's, the it's for lack of a better term, dude, it's a swagger. It really is. You know, I mean, that's a really good name for what confident guy out there regardless of like you know you know those guys that get shot and stomp off and then those guys that get shot like this is why i love when j-rab gets shot when, J- when j-rab gets shot no one's got a slower walk off dude yep. like you could shoot him five times and he'll like he'll take the he'll take the beating without really flinching too much and then he'll like look up and even sometimes like put his hand towards the shots as they're coming in just real like all right, I made a mistake. I know. I just. I'm acknowledging that. You're acknowledging that by shooting me, and then he kind of just stares at the moment for a second. Have you noticed that? And then he walks off. And it's. Yeah. It's all like he never freaks the fuck out. You know, like he's never, gets out of that moment. You know, he's yeah. having a good year. Yeah, he's playing really well. Yeah, I mean, they. You know, in back keeps falling short. Um,
1: I, but th- I think all their guys are playing really well. I, th- I feel like they're a team that. Um has been playing consistently well and you know, they've gotten the same type of results, but they're they're definitely a team that I expect to see up there all year, you know.
0: You know what was really cool was to watch Ryan Moorhead play the snake side. <laughs> yeah, that was really interesting. And he Actually. was like the most aggressive player of the tournament, essentially, on that on that side of the field. Yeah,
1: yeah that was really interesting.
0: Yeah. I mean,
1: you know, he's
0: so aggressive, and then even like talking to him afterwards, like he, you could tell like, there was like a certain not not hatred, but he, it was like a stylistic conflict with yeah. damage. Like he literally, like when when a microphone was put in his face, he literally was like, "We play exciting paintball; play play boring paintball." No, that's what he said about
1: us. What was that? You guys? Yeah, that was the wild man's comments about playing us. Oh, I and I heard that. about it afterwards, and I was just like, well, "I'm not offended by that. Whatever." He was frustrated because he thought they were was maybe because he or? thought both of us were in that we we were just gonna like play for fun or something I don't know but yeah he he made that comment I thought it was funny but yeah it was it was a conflict like that he had He was like why would they play like that I want to say he said that about damage too though yeah that's, that's possible since I mean especially since if you looked at it damage and us had a, a similar playing style and they had to match up against both of us you know yeah. But um, yeah, I mean that's funny. Like Moorhead is not a player that wants to do that. You know, he's a he's a really aggressive player. He he, I think he really likes the exchange of bodies. You know, and uh, I don't know. I feel like we played the same way the entire tournament, and it ended up frustrating players like like him actually.
0: Yeah. Do you feel that that's like a strategy thing that you are molding to the? the actual play of the field itself, or do you think that's a strategic, decisive defensive play based on the
1: importance of the moment?
0: Uh,
1: I think it has a lot to do with... I think if you're doing it right, then it has most to do with the field and less to do with the moment. The moment shouldn't matter that much. I mean, your game plan going in should always be to win the point. It should never be to hold off. When you decide to hold off it's okay but it needs to be within the point it could be within the first five seconds when you lose a body Mm -hmm. or when everyone gets to their spot safely you're like okay now we can do this you know but that call should be made in game and i I just i see teams do this all the time and, and and we've fallen victim to this and no doubt in the future there will be a time that we fall victim to this again but i see so many teams that get a lead or up by one point, and and choose to say, let's just hold them off, you know, mm-hmm. let's just get to our spots, and, and like, try to shoot them off the break first, and then get to our spots and cross up, you know, <clears throat> it's just not working out there anymore, yeah. and it's the craziest thing because that can be your game plan for the beginning, but when it really counts, that shit isn't working, you know. The just cross it up and hold them off. Yeah, like that could be your game plan for the entire. All right, we're gonna run out
0: five alive. Everyone
1: get to their spots, cross it up, hold them off. We're up by two. We're up by two, and there's only three and a half minutes left. We can do this. (laughs) We can do this, guys. Oh man, you can sometimes, but I I just don't believe anymore that that is the right. And, And you're talking to a guy who's like, not the guy that's always pushing the pace, you know. Oh, no. I mean, I'm mean, i rarely pushing the pace. No, But your job is like... I'm usually just like the slower heartbeat in the pace, you know? Yeah. But I just believe that you have to go out there every time with the mentality to win the point, never to just, never to hold off, you know? Do you think you want to coach one day? Um, I don't know. I mean, not really, because I mean that I wasn't playing anymore. Well, I know, but like, well, how long do you, do you want to play for uh, I don't know. Maybe I've like, asked you this for like the past like, three or four years. Yeah, maybe like 10 or 15 more years. I mean, the unfortunate thing is that I've had like two, two times in my paintball career where I felt like I made a big jump, you know, like giving myself and myself a player assessment. And I think the first time was when I went and played for the Ironman. And within a couple of years, I found myself in a in a spot with the Ironman, and this was, like, the old Ironman with, like, you know, you and Davey and Micah and Rich and, um, Mike Foss and Brian Ravenel and Thomas and all those other, Art De La Cruz and all these names that J.P. Augustine, you know, that went through there and, uh, you know, won't be remembered as, like, Dave Youngblood's Ironman guys. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Uh, I mean, some of those guys will be, but there was a lot of guys on the team that, that just won't, won't get that title, you know? And I felt like I made a really big jump when I was no longer like one of those, one of those names that was like being cycled through, you know? And I, and I, I don't know if that was because I felt welcomed by the team or I felt like I had accomplished something or enough things on the field to like be, be respected or whatever it was, or it might've just been like this self-realization in my mind that, well, you were being groomed for that, like leadership roles. That you could, yeah, exactly. That you could step up. That anyone at any time can step up, and 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 put out some leadership. You know, in fact, most teams need that. They Do need, you feel that that's? <coughs> they a real, need a little well, bit of leadership
0: well, from well, each guy
1: at certain times. Yosh,
0: that's great sentiment, and I totally agree that each person can find it within themselves to try to be a leader, but. Some people are, I'm just saying that like, you know, you have, a, you have, you have kind of a special quality and like not everyone has the ability to uh, be in a, a stressful or pressure situation dealing with multiple types of personalities and come up with
1: a logical course
0: of action. Right. That's you super know, complicated. Like, yeah. But I think
1: that that's different from leadership. I think leadership can happen whether it's between one guy and the rest of his team or one guy and a clinic of 40 people. Or one guy to one single teammate, you know? Mm-hmm. And sometimes those interactions between one guy and one single teammate are just as important as yeah. the one or two guys being leaders in the 40-person clinic. Well, I mean, I definitely and agree I, that do everyone think needs to look at that. I do like, think that sure. everybody can do that, yeah. you know? And when you are in enough of those one guy to one teammate situations and you do step up and, and do what you need to do or say what you need to say, or act the way you need to act. Then you start to develop that for the for the larger group. Mm-hmm.
0: You know? So you were saying you had two different times in your career, yeah. So, so the
1: first time that I felt like I really got a big bump in my play and like felt something different about playing professional paintball was when I kind of assumed that role with the Iron Man. Mm-hmm. You know, and then. Many years went by, and during that course of time I switched teams and um, rejoined all my comrades in Dynasty, you know, in like... Mm I think that was the beginning of 2004. And, uh, you know, Dynasty has always been full of not only just the original members, which were all kind of prestigious names in paintball, especially during the time they were playing, Mm -hmm. but like, outspoken, high paintball IQ. Um, unique personalities, mm-hmm. absolutely. You know, and it's not that I didn't feel like I fit in, but it was just kind of like my my take on the on the situation was that I absolutely trust and believe in everybody on the team because I've been there so many times with these guys and and won because of what they did, you know. That I'm just gonna kind of let them do their own thing, and that's cool, and that seems to be working, you know, and then. Honestly, the the next biggest transition for me as a paintball player was when I realized that you are not helping by sitting by and just letting things develop. There's a time for that, but there's also times that you need to step up and say something or do something, and those times are maybe fewer and far between, but they're just as important as the times that you you sit back and let things develop, you know? Mm -hmm. And so... It took me some time to realize that and then of course anything that you realize it takes a little bit of time to actually like uh, you know start utilizing it and now I find myself in a spot where I I feel like guys talk to me about like the direction of the team you know and I like that I like to have those conversations with guys you know Mm -hmm. Um, I find myself being able to like ask a guy completely honestly like what was I doing wrong you know what do you think and not and, I, and it just has I think it has a lot to do with my confidence level but like I'm a, I can soak in what guys tell me I'm doing wrong now you know and mm-hmm. I think that's a big part of you establish that confidence once people see that you can soak in what they're telling you you're wrong then you start to have this really productive conversation mm-hmm. you know and so like you know someone says hey I think you probably should have gotten the snake that time, Yosh, you know? That's probably something that I've heard a lot. (laughs) (laughs) But that's something that I've always worked on, you know? Yeah. And uh, I can soak that in. I understand why they think I should have gone in, and usually they're right. If they saw it, then it was the right time, and I should have gone. And so once I can soak that in, then I can also, like, truthfully give something back, and no one's offended, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, okay, I get it. Do you, do you have, like, bunkers
0: you feel like you do your most work from? Like, is that, like, oh, I like fucking... Like, do you, like, when you have to fill Dorito side or fill Snake side, like...
1: Uh, no, I mean, there's, like... I mean, you the, do most of your killing from
0: secondary bunkers, like...
1: Yeah, the excitement of playing in any of those spots is is equal to me, just because the spots that I... that you would probably think that I'm not as excited to be in, mm-hmm. I don't get to play in them as much in that type of scenario, so it's, like challenging and exciting you what's know? your
0: what's your favorite kind of moments like when you're out there in the gunfight like is there like a specific time you feel you're really locked in or is it all kind of like stream of consciousness i mean like what do you there
1: there is a ton of just stream of cons- consciousness going on you know it is like do you like that detachment things are processing and i'm well yeah for I've, i'm super attached to certain aspects and then i'm also like detached from a lot of things it's like it's like, uh, you know, it's not detachment. It's, well, is it's it conscious like, or it's, unconscious? It's peripheral. It's not detachment. It's peripheral, right? But the, so you're focused on a, on a certain part that you're doing right now, which might be the mechanics of tucking your elbow in mm-hmm. and making sure that your loader isn't sticking out while you're shooting at somebody. Mm-hmm. You Do know? you still consciously think about sometimes, those things? Sometimes. Yeah. If a guy gets close to shooting me in the elbow, you know it goes through my mind? Holy shit, tuck my elbow. I should in. probably tuck my elbow in. And <laughs> yeah. I hope that goes through a lot of people's minds. But yeah. yeah, that absolutely happens to me still. Yeah. You know, and then the other part is while I'm thinking, tuck my elbow in, I'm also listening to like the what I feel to be the strength of a stream of paint yes. hitting the other side of my bunker. Absolutely. You know, which is obviously something that is far less technical and has more of like a feel to it, you know? Yeah. But I can kind of get a feel for where they are over there absolutely you know and so and yeah. also oh, above you too So yeah
0: all that in, in all the elements of like but that's what it of think a lot of things comes down to but that to me was like that was the moment though is that when you're in that situation you're gauging the strength of and the talent level and the skill of the person in front of you and their confidence by how they're engaging you you know the situation you have to process the situation based on how many guys you have left how many guys they have left where they are where we are and not only where they are and where we are but what sort of pressure and if you look over if, and thank God, if you can see the guy, right. your last guy left the library, your last two guys. Left, and then you can kind of feel what they're putting pressure. In. And that's one of the things we started to talk a lot about actually, um, in the games is pressure, mm-hmm. you know, is that there's a certain, cause it's like, I remember what was training jujitsu and with our buddy Anthony, you know, from mm-hmm. Modesto. And he was like, you know, I was like, well, give me the no bullshit assessment. Like how'd I do? And he's just like, Actually, you know, you did pretty good, but your pressure is shit. And I was like, what does that mean? You know, Yeah, I mean, he's talking
1: about just an overall body pressure. Yes. That like your opponent feels like at certain times he might be winning the fight, but there's still this constant pressure coming from you. You know, it is like this just like it's almost like tinnitus. It's like this droning high-pitched whine yeah, in in ears. it's annoying. You it's always there, always of, you in your be face. An awesome movie and really enjoying yourself Mm -hmm. but there's just that constant pressure on you you know yeah yeah I, i i know exactly what that is and that's something that in every sport whether it's a team sport or an individual sport you work on putting the pressure on the other team yeah you know you hear that from every coach and every strategist put the pressure on them so what else is going through your brain because
0: Again, because just because I have you here, and we're you know going to have to close this out eventually here pretty soon, but very rarely does anyone listening to this, and I don't care what you do for a living, like you could be a U.S. Marine, but very time very few times do you get to speak to somebody that spent enough time behind an op, something that shoots a projectile at another human being and locked into those moments. And doing it at a really high level now in the PSP against other guys that are masters at this. And you're constantly at another level than they are. Like, it's just apparent, you know? Yeah, you get you get shot at your fair share of times. You'll die out of your bunker occasionally before you should. But it's not as much as everybody else, and you're winning your fair share of battles in clutch situations and fucking big-time games. Like that, when you shot Jason Edwards, who was the MVP of last year... You know and then wheeled around and owned Keith Brown in the gunfight in the crucial point of the first win that you guys had this year right. that was a really big moment you know I mean and when you watch the replay of that you know just you being so locked into uh, situational awareness, uh, you know such a, a, a complex point you know where a guy's gonna come out of the penalty box and you know that you have to again put a shit ton of pressure on, Jason, who was at the who was in a very dominant position, he was at the fifty. He had the whole side, your whole side. Yeah. You know, I don't know, just kind of what were you thinking at that but again? But is it does. it's stream of consciousness, I, again, is it conscious kind yeah, of mirroring I mean, them
1: both. I think that was probably more just. I mean, up until the point where it was the last one on one with Keith, that was like stream of consciousness. You know, it was just kind of like an intake of the information as quickly as I could get it, and then. quick reaction, you know? And a lot of paintball is that, but I mean the like the one on one thing between Jason and I, that was just a straight up both of us were just wildly fighting, you know? Yeah. There wasn't a ton of thought involved there other than the simple notion that, you know, I don't think I popped out the left for a little bit, I'm gonna pop out the left now, Mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. Like as, as as much of a dumbo as thing as that sounds, you know? Um, but when I was able to, when things settled down and Keith came out of the box, and I, first of all, I missed him coming out of the box. You did he this was, like, coming he, out of the he, box? He like tripped or yeah. something or yeah. got yeah. hung up on the net. Like, yeah. I could see him enough where I, I could see this happening to him. Yeah. And I still missed him. Yeah. I thought that I hit him, but, and you're, I mean, clearly I missed you, him.
0: Did you, How much pain did you have left at that point?
1: Um, I don't really remember, but I know that like, by the time I was done with the one-on-one, I had... Like, just the remnants of a loader, you know? Um, But when I got to that moment where we were mirrored up in the short temples on the snake side, and he had a pretty solid stream of paint going at me, like, the entire time, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, Things really were able to slow down. You know, I had a couple coaches on the sidelines. Mike Mesa was over there helping out. A lot of the HK guys were out there. B Short and Andy We're all out there, you know, like there was a lot of support coming from the sidelines and I could pick up a couple of the key pieces of information that I needed. Yeah. And then also I was in like my ideal bunker to be in if I'm going to be in a one-on-one to mm-hmm. the Short Temple. Yeah. I think that's probably the ideal bunker for almost every pro guy out there. Yeah. So many options. Yeah. Um, and I had, a, I had a clear view of the scoreboard, you know. And so things were really, it was really easy to slow things down. Like anytime Keith made a move to the next spot, I heard about it. I was able to like kind of gather my space again and live and just really just kind of just watch seconds tick off the clock. And I didn't feel pressure like I... And being up a point at this point. I didn't feel pressure like I even needed to engage, you know, like I just felt like as long as I don't get shot really stupid, like sitting here watching the clock and get shot, then we're gonna be really good, you know. Yeah. I think he's gonna tire himself out, he's gonna shoot a lot of his paint, he's gonna wonder why I'm not playing against him. Yeah. You know? And eventually that's kind of what happened, you know. I don't totally know what was going on in his mind as he was playing, but it felt to me like he went to a bad bunker to gunfight out of. Yeah. He went to the bunker of death, right?
0: Yeah. And well, he also was very frantic because, you know, you just got done with winning an, an excellent gunfight against one of the best in the business and the most important point of the tournament. And then he had spent the past minute in the penalty box, right?
1: Itching to be out. Itching help, just begging, Helping his teammate, you know, hoping like, to God to get out there with shot, Jason alive and we can tag team this guy and get him off the field at yeah. this point. You know? And then you know he
0: sees the time tick off the clock, trips coming out of the box. You open up on him and he barely gets out alive. You missed him. Yeah. But for but hit hit but so for you, you're like, shit, I missed that guy.
1: But for him. I think he, I might have actually said, shit, I missed that guy. <laughs> I like shot my stream at him. Yeah. Looked like they were kind of good. Yeah. But then he like popped up and shot back at me and I was like, shit, I missed that guy. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I said that to myself. And so he was like, oh my god, I made it out alive.
0: Yeah. Crossed himself and then was like, I'm good to go. And then he started engaging. But you could tell there was like a really frantic, again, body language. You know, Mm -hmm. it goes down to body language. Like, you can, if you really watch it enough, like, you can start to see the body language of everybody. And so, you know, you were exactly like you just said. You got the clock, we're up a point. I think it was one point or two points at that
1: time. It was very close, but you guys had the advantage. And it felt to me like it was this, like, my assessment was like, this is the swing point, you know? It was the swing like This is the momentum. It's swing point. It Absolutely. That's what so you consciously thought about. That, that went through my mind before we went on the field because I, honestly, like, I love playing at really intense, you know? Absolutely. And right. it's difficult, but I love to be fucking amped up for every game. Yeah. And I like to share that with my teammates, and I like to always find a reason. For whatever reason, this point is the most important one. hmm You know? And fuck, dude, when you're in the finals, it's easy to find that reason. Yeah. But sometimes in the prelims you need to be like, this is the most important point, and mm-hmm. you have to mathematically make that make sense to you. Mm-hmm. I remember I had done that in that point, if not every point, but whatever. <laughs> I, I remember I had, I had done that in that point. I thought, this is a really important point. Let's go out and get this point, and we'll have it wrapped up. Which is you know? exactly what happened. Yeah, but it wasn't, like, it didn't go through my mind once, like, when it was like, Blake and I Against Jason, or when it was Jason against I, like at that point, it was things were like, It was a much simpler time. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you know, but but yeah, I mean, that's that's yeah. the importance that I put on that point, and I try to put that on every point that I go out for. Well,
0: that's I think that that exact sense, but that's why you guys are having such a good season. Is that you know you Ryan and Alex in the finals and. Uh, Dalton and Spica and Tyler like yeah. you know Glenn I mean, honestly all like, these guys all honestly, her, like I mean all Oliver, these guys are like, all Alder, up Ed, like there's not one guy on your roster that hasn't had a super clutch awesome point right. this all, year all
1: these guys have stepped up yeah you know and it's and that's what's scary it's just a really awesome thing to be a part of because it reminds like, me of each, Heat last year when they won three events each time everybody steps up it's really exciting and it's re-energizing for okay. everyone else you know i feeling it. I know the team's feeling it. And, I mean, I just don't think, like, you know, people use, like, clutch and we're using grit. Mm -hmm. And that's important. But I just think, I think, like, the difference between clutch and grit is that clutch is, like, when you step up at those, like, what everyone perceives to be those crucial times, you know? And often they are those crucial times. And you step up and you win. And grit is when every time is a crucial time and everyone is just playing at this high level of just playing hard you know like that's it just just playing hard out there and it's not about people really stepping up it's just everyone's just playing hard you know Mm -hmm. and everyone's doing it for each other and doing it for coach rusty and doing it for our sponsors and our fans you know like it like that sounds super corny. It's a good year, but that I'm is Dicey like fan. that is the feeling, you know? Yeah, for sure. Like, let's do this for everybody.
0: Well, it's like, I mean, honestly, if you're not even secretly a fan of Dynasty, you're kind of an asshole, you know? I mean, like, <laughs> it's a it's a great story, you know? You had a bunch of kids who got together years ago, went on this crazy trip, and won all these tournaments and defined a sport for like half a decade. They're still around. Now they're the old guys. They're the old guys. They're but, still beating people up right now. They got these... It's just a great story, you know? It's a really good story, so... You know, it's it just... It's cool to see because, you know, having... You know, obviously I've known you guys since before you were in dynasty, but it's just really cool to, con, to con see you guys still... You know, it's like every year, everyone in, in just... Not only in paintball, but in their lives, gets a chance to write a new chapter, and it's, it's like, uh, like, um, one of my favorite things I've seen in like the past six months was the Eagles documentary, which I've told like every living human being that mm-hmm. you need to watch because there's so many like metaphors for life in it. But you know, the, uh, and I grew up with the Eagles in the sense that my dad listened to them, you know, and like I knew their music cause it was like classic rock. Yeah. I had no idea how crazy and fascinating the story was. And, uh. And I remember I watched that documentary, I was like, dude, Dynasty is like the Eagles, you know, it was, it was just so good. But it's, uh, you know, I mean, there's just in, in that was the thing that Don Henley said is, is that, you know, Don Henley was like super rich and super successful and he could have never had played another, never sung another note of music his entire life and just lived on an island with surrounded by Victoria's supermodels if you wanted to you know like he could have done that but he helped assemble the put the band back together yeah because that's just what he felt he needed to do and he was like you know we, you're like why did you do it and he's just like well I felt like we could have what's it's great about America but like it's actually seldom happens is to have a second act you know to have like the next chapter of the story told and so you know, that's one of the reasons that that yeah. happened. And and then it was also uh, uh, Joe Walsh, who's like one of the greatest rock guitarists of all times, who was like one of the... He like invented room trashing with Keith Moon from, from The Who. Like him, he, he said that he's like, one of the most unfortunate things that ever happened to me was that Keith Moon decided that I was his best friend. And then him and Keith Moon from The Who, like, who died young, you know, yeah. like they just would just go to town and go crazy. But what he said was, he was like, you know, the Eagles, he was like, you know, when you're old, you look, when you look back on things at the time, everything so, every, every, everything seems so crazy. So just like everything's going to come at, apart at the hinges at any moment. But when you look back at it when you're old, it, it looks like a finely crafted novel. <laughs> you know? And so it's Absolutely. like, you know, it's kind of one of those situations where not only is this like another act for you guys where you're doing very well, and have reinvigorated the dynasty spirit and obviously we still have three more events this year but and you guys started off 2011 very much the same way you know Mm -hmm. so that's always got a way kind of in your
1: mind too well yeah i think that i think that there has for a long time been this like bounce back feeling on dynasty you know i mean over the last six years there's been a ton of different guys that have played on the team, you know, and there's probably a large number of those guys who are legitimately good enough to still be on the team, but for whatever reason it didn't work out, you know, and you have your ups and downs with that because you're moving through different numbers on your roster and different personalities and different, like, team strengths, you know, as you get different guys on your team, and, uh, you yeah, know, I definitely feel like we're in, we're in one of those bounce back years where we have the right group of guys the right coach you know the right mentality going into it and uh, I mean we've done it before I feel like we could we could reassert ourselves in that top position for another couple years you know if we can stick to a formula and continue to work as hard as as hard as we are right now
0: What's it like to play with Tyler Harmon right now?
1: Tyler Harmon is, well, we call him the mantis, and he is the mantis because he is long and strong and he'll gobble you up. (laughs) Um, But he is just like such an enthusiastic person, you know, and you can tell by the things he says daily that he is just overjoyed to be here on Earth, overjoyed to be um, playing paintball overjoyed to be on a team overjoyed to have the friends he's got the family he's got the job he's got everything he's just appreciative of everything you know and it's really really nice to be around a person like that that just appreciates everything around him you know and he you know brings morale up makes the people around him stronger and then you know everyone wants to get behind and lift up a guy like that too you know mm-hmm, totally because it feels good it's like It's like being able to hit a button that when you hit that button then it like makes you feel good, you know? Yeah. (laughs) Of course you're going to keep hitting the button. (laughs) And uh, Tyler's been good for a really long time and I just think that he he got onto the team with the mentality that he was going to prove to us that he was serious about paintball and serious about not only just playing competitively as a pro but winning and being a part of the team and he said that flat out. And he came onto the team and, you know, it looked like that's what his yeah, thing I was, was the say, first practice. And honestly, since then, he's just, he's been proving that, you know.
0: I mean, he had a Dallas, like,
1: I've seen really no other paintball players have in yeah, like, and, recent and, and, and how long was it since Tyler played in, in the PSP? I, I feel like it had been years. Yeah. Since, and his first event in, he's just, it doesn't matter, you know. Yeah. He's happy to be there. And, and then he, yeah, exactly, and then he broke his
0: hand, and then, so, you know, he didn't, in the points that he played in, in your guys' win in uh, at the Mid-Atlantic Open, he didn't play bad, but he wasn't
1: going crazy like he did at the first one. Well, that play. wasn't his, that wasn't his position, you know? No, and I, I like, understand. Like, according to our game plan, yeah, the position that he played and Oliver played, for the most part, they were our two back center guys, mm-hmm. it was not like that. It was not the position where what you were doing, people were going to be able to see your impact, you know? Yeah. And I fully understand positions like that. <laughs> like that is, I mean, bro, that's there are like positions every, like that on the field, you, you know? And outside. someone has to play that position well and be willing to play that position so that Well, you're like a lineman. So that, uh, yeah. You're or an outside yeah. line, you're like an outside linebacker. And so everyone else can see the positions that actually do make a difference, you know? And uh, the back center in the last tournament was like that. And those guys both just dug in and played. I mean, a funny thing that Oliver told me when we were, like, reflecting on the tournament, and, he, and after he realized this, he was, like, so creeped out and excited by it that he wanted to tell the whole team. He said he never got in a 50-yard line bumper in the entire tournament. I mean, that's, that's Oliver Lang. Yeah. He played an entire tournament where we won and he was never in a fifty-yard line bucket the entire tournament. Like that's a that's a fucking weird statistic. It's <laughs> a you know? really weird statistic. And it just it just shows you that like guys were stepping up and doing what they needed to do for the team to win. You know. And that was the position that that Tyler and Oliver were in. You know. And then other oh, yeah. guys had obviously other duties that they were filling in perfectly.
0: Well, it's interesting because I've, I've, I've talked to both Tyler, I'm sorry, I've talked to both Ryan and Oliver before, after events, I think they were both in Europe in different years though, but where they came back and said, yeah, you know what I was stoked on this event? And I was like, what? They're like, well, uh, there was a position that no one wanted to play that I had to play. And it was essentially like a back corner on the shitty side of the field where they had to go out there and just be productive, but stay alive. And that they both, and I was like, well, how'd you play? And they were like, I played it great, you know? And yeah. they were,
1: like, really stoked on that ability to they transition. Proved, proved that extra dimension. Yeah, that, right? exactly. Like, you know, I, can, like, I can think of a tournament that Ryan did that. It was Huntington Beach, like, three years ago, maybe four years ago. And it was the Snake Corner. And it was just out in no man's land, you know? Mm-hmm. And he was producing, and he was getting kills from back there. It was a spot that, like... Nobody wanted to play the snake was completely unproductive. It was like a dead side of the field. Yeah. And yet somehow when somebody's gotta go somehow out somehow we were getting production out of him. Yeah. Like a lot of production. And we won the tournament and it was like Ryan was in because Ryan was in the back corner, you know? Yeah. Funny, it's a funny thing, but like yep. I can see how when you're faced with like a new challenge and you do it well, then it's like that's exciting to you, you know? Yeah.
0: So, how do you guys feel about the rest of the year? I mean, uh, obviously, you know, the the standard, like, yeah, we're going to continue to do what we're doing. But, I mean, honestly, like, you guys, because, you know, I think Spica played good at the last event, but didn't play as well as he did in the first event. And it's, you know, it's like, I just think that there's still another gear to Dynasty, Right, because well, I, you're, you're, I think that... Um, you know, in the final games, that have, the final games really haven't been super close. You know, I mean, you guys have played some really close games, but you've beaten Tampa pretty solidly, and well it's they, been, it's mean, been we, close. We only
1: beat them 3-2 in the last tournament. Yeah, but it was... But, I mean, we were up, but they, you know, let's just hold them off. They started coming back. Um, they, that was an interesting it, game, though. It doesn't help that we, at least my squad, was down a body every single game they went out there, but... Yeah. Um, But, you know, it's a a dangerous game to play to say, we've got a lead, let's just hold them off. You want to talk about it? You want to talk about it? Well, I'm just, I'm thinking
0: about that last game, but... Let's talk about it. Okay, well, let's talk about it, because... I just feel that in both the games that you guys have played Tampa in the finals, obviously you've won, so yeah, you've been better, but... There's just been another level. Like again, we talked about this earlier. The intangible, you know, Mm -hmm. the intangible. Like Tampa has this sometimes, and obviously they won championships, so Mm -hmm. it makes complete sense. They and they have that, but there has been a little bit of turnover in their rosters, and I think that the capability. Obviously, you know, they're taking second place. I think that the
1: turnover in their roster, honestly, like the guys that they lost, in my mind, are great players. Okay. And and will make a team strong. I agree. But the, but the turnover in their roster has not hurt them at all. I totally agree. I think that the guys that they have are playing great. They they all get along. They I'm just, have played with each other forever. I agree with
0: all that. All of that. They still have lost you guys twice in the finals right. in the past two wins. I mean, that has happened. Yes. Okay. So, you know, obviously the team could be better than it is because if they were at their because with that roster they can totally beat you guys on any, on any given day. Mm -hmm. it's just you know I mean that that's a good roster like you just said but I just think that they're all kind of for whatever sort of cosmic reason you guys have found this form and everyone's kind of again like we talked about all like there's like eight nine guys that are just really playing phenomenal
1: and I'd say it's more like 10 or 11
0: oh yeah totally of course (laughs) but but with Tampa They're all playing really good. Obviously, they're getting to these final games, but they're not winning these games. And what happened against you guys was that in that final game was that you guys played better in the beginning and you were able to hold off that onslaught because though that onslaught was very interesting because you had the push come up like Smith would push up the snake side and then here come Jason and Chad would come in the center and, yeah, and was, you guys and you guys couldn't stop it. It was
1: very well put together.
0: It was very, it was very art it was a it was a very high-level coordinated attack against guys that are really good at gunfighting and you're trying to keep them from doing that. Mm-hmm. But once they got to the 50s, then you would start absorbing the the blows enough to win the Battle of Attrition in the long run and win the game by one point. But still it was I still feel like you, you were able to contain them. You scored you score the points early, and then you were able to contain them. So, though the game was a one-point game, I think ultimately, if you look at it from a strategic perspective for right. the entire game... Well, yeah, like, I, I also
1: felt like we were in a strong position the entire game. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, well, I don't know. We're, we're, we were talking about the difference we're between Tampa... We're just rambling, talking yeah. about Tampa Bay and
0: you guys... <laughs> I don't know. I just I think that I, I agree with you. I you know skinny's Kevin Bretthow is a great coach. Um, I know they lost a lot of guys in the off season. They lost some, you know, they lost eight Baines. They lost a Justin Rabakoff. But you know, mouse, picked, was, with them for mouse one event. was with them for one event. But you know, say so they lost three superstars.
1: But then you know they got Brian Smith. Yeah, he's I mean, playing great. Brian Smith oh, yeah. playing he so good this great. year. We actually brought him out to a Dynasty practice at some point and uh, you know tried to make something work with him this was a long time ago but he was a great player then too and uh, you know I think you know he told us he had um, he worked a lot and he just wouldn't be able to deal with the travel but I think ultimately what it came down to is he wanted to play with his boys you know Yeah, and I totally understand that I think that's why he came back honestly I I respect that a lot you know I talked to him down in Florida
0: after the college championships and really great guy man he's a You know, but you can just tell that he had to, you know, put a pause on the career for a little bit and do the firefighter stuff down in Florida and get taken care of real life, what he had to get taken care of. But the guy's just so naturally good at playing that snake and playing just paintball in general Mm -hmm. that it was great to see him come back. And then it was funny because, like, one of the guys in our office, uh, EJ, who's like a big part of PBA, but he was like, he's like, yeah, (laughs) he was like, you know, just kind of got into paintball last year, really, and uh, and he's like, you know, beginning this year, before the first event, he was like, you know, you kept talking about this Brian Smith guy, who is Brian Smith guy, blah, 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 and he'd never seen him play before, or heard about him before, and he has, was, you know, had his kind of up a little bit because he yeah. watched
1: a whole season last year. Right. The guys he knows are the guys that have proved themselves yeah, in front of him. absolutely. Yeah. You know, it was all the guys that played and How could me. a guy that took a year off or two years off or three years off step in and be like as good as these guys? These absolutely. guys are the top. Totally. Yeah. And here comes Brian Smith
0: in first event just just getting yeah, it on people. Of just playing out of his mind. And and statted real well, played real well. Like he, everything was great for him. First event back and then literally yeah. we're in the office after the event and he was like, Brian Smith, that, that dude can ball straight up, you know, like you yeah. immediately impressed him like right away, yeah. but that's just kind of standard, but it was interesting, we were talking actually before we started the podcast about how, you know, in Europe, you get all these like weird combinations of players that you never normally see, Yeah, and how Oliver and Chad Boucher are going to be playing on the same line.
1: Yeah, that's going to be really interesting. They're playing with the, uh, with the Greeks, with, um, uh, with Mike's team out there, and, um. Dogs more. and they've had um, a handful of American guys play for them and, you know, practice with them and teach them things and kind of help them grow their team and move up the ranks. And, you know, they've got a bunch of Greek guys that have, like, all been playing together for a long time, so it's a cool dynamic, you know. Glenn Takamoto and Davey and um, Chad George have all played with them. I believe Justin Cornell played with them last year. Um, and now Oliver and Chad are going to play with them, and I think it's going to be really interesting to see that, you know, um, they're going to be playing in the SPL, I believe, yeah, so they're playing basically like in the... Challengers... Division division. 1 or Challengers, you know, somewhere probably between Division 1 and Challengers Division, and, uh, you know, it'll be interesting to see if they play on the same side of the field, or decide that it's better that they go their separate ways, or... Or what's going to happen, you know? I think that that would be definitely, of all the paintball players out there, like a really interesting combination to watch. I agree, Because I, I respect yeah. both those guys so much.
0: It, it, that, but I think that's kind of one of the cool things about the sport because, I mean, we were talking about a lot of kind of really complex, high-level gunfighting stuff, and that's why we play the game, you know, I And mean, once you start getting into it. But to watch a guy like, and I think that that's one of the interesting things about the complexity of the actual tournament competitive side of things is that you have the styles of a guy like Chad and a guy like Oliver, if they were to get on the same team, you know, it's like any other sport, it's like, what's going to happen? I mean, you're yeah, talking totally. about two really interesting, charismatic kind of players that I think would be really entertaining to watch play a side together, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, especially if they're if they're playing in a, in, you I know, mean, take Chad Bouchier and Oliver and put them down in Division One, in the PSB, yeah. and then have them play a side together. That would be kind of interesting to watch, you know.
1: Yeah, I mean, it it's might cool. it might look silly. I mean, it won't of, always because that's not the way paintball is. But no, at you're times, right. At times, it would probably look pretty silly. Well, and the thing, <laughs> honestly,
0: like you know, I, I just went over and did that. Uh, I did the a webcast for the the CPS series from Italy, and dude, I hadn't been to Europe in like two years, and I was. Maybe longer than that, but I, I was really impressed by the level. The, the of The level over of there. play
1: has definitely gone up. It was really good. Yeah, I mean, you can tell that just by the way the Tauntauns are playing over here. You know, totally, dude. They're, and it, when I, I went mean, over there for the longest time, they would like come over for one event a year, right? Like they might make it out to World Cup and put in a Tauntaun team. Yeah, and they were not like. You never thought of them as like the team to beat, or like even you were. They were at that time. They were one of the teams that when you looked at your bracket. And you saw Tauntauns on the bottom of your bracket, you're like, sweet Tauntauns. Yep. Yes. And they're definitely not like that anymore, you know? They're playing really well. They can beat, it looks to me like they can beat any team, any day. They just sent the Russians down to the Challengers division. Which is scary, you know? Um, Actually, it's more scary to me that the Russians got sent down and they're going to come back up probably really angry. (laughs) Um, Do you think think they're just going to go and
0: just, Stomp down everyone. In the well, I would division. hope so if we going to have an
1: excessive though Yeah, but the Russians are a different team than excessive, you know excessive has some good guys and they've got heart um, But I mean they're struggling in this format That's they are I mean they haven't had a lot of success in this format Really ever like a ton, you know consistent success. They have had some a long time ago but now it's different, you know? Mm-hmm. And I do feel that... They did beat Damage at the World Cup. I do feel that they are a, a very strong seven-man team. Um, and I do think that they can, you know, put points on the board. And they played a smart game against Damage in the World Cup. Um, but, yeah, but since then it hasn't been much yeah, I, mean it, I know it's I know it's tough on them. But the Russians are different, you know? The Russians have had a ton of success in this format. In fact, they've been at the top of this format for a long time. And they still have a lot of their guys that you could say are in their prime. You know, they have a couple guys that are Yeah, Kirill's real good, Malloy's real good. good. They have some Mm -hmm. really
0: good supporting players,
1: too. You know, I mean,
0: won't take anything away from those guys, but, like, those are the stars for sure.
1: You'd expect those guys to, first of all, never get relegated. And then, second, if they do, you know, they're going to make the changes they need to to come back. I mean, I I would hope so. I mean, they—you didn't say the Russians were our toughest game, at MAO. Yeah, yeah, you could say that. I mean, you're right. And it's because they're good. It's not because we weren't ready to play or something. They're good, you know, and they got relegated. That's how. That's kind of how delicate the whole situation is, you know. That's why it's kind of scary when you and super entertaining when you're going into a a tournament. Yeah, it's a fine line. You go two and two and be on either side of the well moment. look at Infamous Exactly.
0: Like, Infamous was one point away from making it to Sunday and then they had to play and in the regulation played in the relegation. and beat the brakes off of 187 to stay in CEP Yes, yeah, CEP 187 yeah. came up from yeah. the from the challengers division
1: yeah, yeah. so I mean that's why it's scary you know and it's probably pretty easy to go 2-2 two two. we went 2-2 two two a lot of times last year and it meant that it meant that we didn't make it on, you know. I, I think actually all five tournaments last year, we didn't have a negative record. If you look at all, oh, of you our, guys were so it was like you super at, dramatic every single yeah. If you tournament. look at all of our tournaments, we either went two and two, or three and two, and didn't make it somehow, or two and two made it, and then and then lost one. You know, like it was. It was just always riding that line, and now when you ride that line, then you can lose your pro spot. Fourth event. Yeah, you hope, and then you got a chance to get things back. happen though. Yeah, I mean, look at excessive. Yeah, this right exactly. exactly. And the scariest thing is like, what's going to mm-hmm. happen if you have some sort of weird hiccup where like you have made What if there's weather issues and you have major paint issues or equipment issues or somebody gets hurt or somebody misses a flight or somebody's what for whatever reason in the fourth event and your team goes two and two because of that change, and then you don't get to play pro World Cup. I mean, you don't get to play in the Champions League and World Cup. Yeah, Well, yeah. it's all pro. Like, that's really, I know. Yeah. I know, I'm not trying to say it's not. I'm just saying, like, there's an obvious place where you wanna be, and then a place that you- Oh, a million
0: percent. Always find your way out. A million percent, you know? but honestly, that's the whole reason it's there.
1: Yeah, to, be, to make it scary.
0: Yeah, cool. to make it super scary for you. <laughs> Real cool, thanks. Well, you want, do you want us to make it easier on you? Should we give you guys a season? Play 10 regular season games? No, not a
1: season. Give me like five years guaranteed. <laughs> the promise of no relegation for five years. And I promise I'll yeah, play you as know, hard as I can. Basically,
0: we just want to make it super easy so when you guys show up, like no matter what happens, everyone gets an award. Like everybody gets a star, gold star, and yeah. participation award you know, we just split the prize. Every, everybody, gets months, like, everybody. everybody
1: gets to hold the trophy and take a picture. with <laughs> Yeah,
0: totally. That's what I want. Well, I mean, like, I don't know, like people are like, well, how do you think? I... It's tough now, honestly. I mean, it's really, it's really every, it's super immediate, you know, I mean, looking mm-hmm. infamous. I mean, they, that was really close for them. Yeah. Um, Luckily, they stepped up. Yeah. They had a terrible first day, but that's the that thing. That happened, happen, you know, that's well, the I know, scary part. I know, well, that's, it's, it's a competition we, we, we're trying to find out who the best is don't have any bad days and it's going to happen yeah it's absolutely going to happen but that's where the, that's the drama of sport like totally. that's just that is the drama
1: and, of and, sport. and i know why like you did you also did that so that every game is important you know i mean we can't have tampa yeah. beating cep 15 to, or right. sorry it's whatever, just like, it's just like watching, watching watching you don't want the prelims to be like watching nba basketball early in the season you know where no one really gives a shit. And you can tell the players don't even really give a shit. Yeah. And then basketball gets really exciting when it's playoff time, you know? And it really ramps up. But if you can create that dynamic the whole time by threatening people that they're going to lose their post spot, <laughs> then why not, right?
0: <laughs> Pretty much. Pretty much. Yeah. You got it. You nail on the head right there. Man, I wish we had five more hours to talk.
1: We should go camping. We should definitely go camping. I should also probably be getting home. Yeah, I know. I know. uh, My girlfriend, Melissa, is waiting for me at home. Yeah. Can't wait to go home and see her. Well, she's pretty rad, so I can understand.
0: But, yeah, camping. Yes, camping. Uh, We could go on another trip where Catfish almost
1: dies. Uh, Yeah. If we could not... Have him almost die though. I know. Time. That would. I, well, we Well, here's, well, here's, here's the, here's the we unfortunate thing. have to, be able to thing. run five miles this here's, here's the unfortunate thing. I'm pretty sure Catfish is not going to be going with us this year. That sucks. Because I've talked to him. I work with him pretty much every day. And. He's got a lot of stuff going on right now. Yeah. <laughs> Just had a baby. Congratulations to Catfish. Yeah, exactly. And Jen. Absolutely. Um, Beautiful baby. But. Yeah, I mean he just still was I don't think he was fully recovered psychologically from the last one.
0: Well, uh, I could totally understand because that was a very scary moment for himself and for the rest of us involved. Indeed. But yeah, indeed. But, uh, but we'll have to save that story for another time. Uh, thank you guys for tuning into the real Little podcast. Thank you, everybody. We'll
1: see you at the next PSP on the webcast. Yeah.
0: Uh, do you, so. Do you, have, do you want to thank your sponsors? Uh...
1: Yeah, I'd love to thank our sponsors: Planet Eclipse, um, HK Army, Gorilla Air, um, PaintballTickets.com, Camp Pendleton Paintball Park. And uh, you know, I really like to give a shout out to my teammates. Definitely, it's been a, a whole team effort the entire year, and our coach Rusty and uh, our manager Eric Crandall. They're doing a a killer job as well.
0: Yeah, God, there's just so many stories. I mean, we could have told. I just the whole electrocuting uh, army ranger guys that one time. Oh, that oh, yeah, there's so, so much, much fun. There's just so, yeah, so much fun. <laughs> All right, well, hey, thank you guys for tuning in. Uh, next, gotta get Yoshra back on again. There's just there's so much to talk about, but yeah. So uh, the the next webcast is gonna be happening the twenty first through the twenty third, and uh, of June. Uh, from CPX, the Legendary Field. Uh, just had an amazing event out there with the Living Legends. I didn't get to go, but I heard it was ridiculous. Thank you guys for tuning in here to The Real Deal Podcast. Make sure to check out the rest of the website, though opaintableaccess.com, and we have in-depth interviews, uh you know other podcasts with other luminaries of the sport and definitely tons of video on demand i mean you know we've pretty much every single game that's on that main field up for your viewing pleasure so you know nothing will improve your game like watching the masters do their thing and also remember to sign up early for the next psp events and mark your calendars for the webcast the next one's going to be june 21st to the 23rd from cpx sports park a little outside of chicago illinois and then the psp makes its return to the west coast for the PSP's West Coast Open at uh, it's gonna be in Riverside, August uh, 16th through the 18th. So thank you guys for checking out the Real Deal Podcast, and, and we'll see you guys next time.